Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Y'all, the Good Giving Challenge is right around the corner, like literal weeks, and I can't tell you how excited we are for this year. More than 200 local nonprofits are joining us this year, and that is more than any other previous year, which means in a very literal way, this is going to be the biggest year yet. We are going to be diving more into the Good Giving Challenge in a few episodes, but if you're curious about how to join in the Good Giving Fun and help support these crazy, amazing nonprofits, now is the perfect time to visit bggives.org, that's B-G-G-I-V-E-S.org, to see who's in the challenge and how you can participate. For now, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit our website at BGCF.org to stay updated on all things do good, and we hope to see you at the challenge in a few weeks. Today's guest makes me cry in the best way. The energy she gives to the world is full of gratitude and self-worth and sincere faith, and it's honestly heartwarming and overwhelming and the best. She is an agent for social change. She's a writer. She's a speaker. She's a consultant. She is an overall game changer. Here is Tanya Torp. you running all over the city of Lexington. <laughs> but I'm here now, Amen. and that's what matters. Yes. Now, I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on this episode, because the first time I met you was at a conference here in Lexington. And before we met each other, my colleague who works at BGCF, Zach, basically ran into the conference area and said, I just met our keynote speaker, and she is one of my favorite people of all time. So do you know that you have that kind of like influence over people? Because I haven't met one person who's not drastically in love with you. Zach and I had a moment when we were walking in because <laughs> we were both kind of lost. <laughs> like, where are we supposed to go? And I was just like, let's just go together. Let's just be lost together. I love it. So um, there are people who don't like me, and that's okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the biggest thing about being an executive director is um, being out in the community and getting to know people and being authentic and genuine. Mm. And so that's how I try to carry myself. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I am somebody's cup of tea. You're my cup of tea. Some people's cup of tea. And so here I am. I love it. (laughs) Now, we are going to talk about step-by-step here in just a minute, but I'm so fascinated by you as a person. So can you give me like the highlight reel of how you have gotten to where you are right now? How did you get into this room? That is a big question. (laughs) Um, I got into this room by the people who have gone before me and made space for me in spaces. 
So um, I like to tell people that I am not from Kentucky, but hold on, I got here as soon as I could. (laughs) And um, when I got here, I happened into some people who really cared about civic engagement and really cared about drawing people into community. And so um, one of those is uh, a group called Communality that no longer exists, but it was a group of people who got together to do Bible study and just share life together. And they all had this kind of social justice mind, but also just really wanted to be of use in community and kind of always have been that way, but was more involved in like church or if I was involved in a cause, I was heavily involved in that cause. It wasn't necessarily looking at the big picture, looking at systemic issues. And so um, meeting those people led to me also like finding a place and community in the East End of Lexington and moving there. Um, And then from there, um, one time there was this flyer on the wall at this church that we were going to, uh, my husband and I. And they announced it was like a gospel concert. And I was like super excited about that because get down with some gospel music. Mm -hmm. And um, we got there. It was not only gospel music, but it was also talking about uh, our neighbors in the East End who did not have the ability to vote because they'd had a felony on their record. Um, So many people got up and shared their story in between songs that they were actually singing. So there were pastors, there were family members, there were teachers, educators, that kind of thing that were sharing their stories of why they're unable to vote. And um, that also got me even more involved in other organizations and thinking about bigger pictures. Who um, has a voice, but their voice is not necessarily listened to, Mm -hmm. or the big picture story is not being told. And so it had me leaning in more. And I think Mm -hmm. that's how I got in this room. So the long and short of it is people who cared enough to pave the way, but also bring me into community inspired me to be community. Who are some of those people that you consider the the path leader for you? Mm, I think there is um, a friend and neighbor, several friends and neighbors, um, Sean Gladding, who is an author and a pastor and a farmer, urban farmer, um, who just inspires me um, greatly with the way that he cares for our community. Um, Steve and Luella Pavey, also really great neighbors. Um, Luella works for Kentucky Refugee Ministries, and Steve does like amazing work all over the world, actually, um, with people who are directly impacted by many things. And he's a photographer, storyteller, and he's invited in. Like, he's that humble that people are inviting him into the story. So, um, and then there's tons of black and brown women in this community. Um, Sereta uh, Benedict Begley has been very instrumental in my growth as a person, just the way that she carries herself. She is a fashion designer, um, a seamstress, a community organizer, a student of politics, Mm -hmm. um, an incredible mother, and she just lifts up all communities. And so she's someone who embraced me and brought me in. Carol Taylor Shim, who um, works at the University of Kentucky and um, talks about bias a lot and about making space for people and belonging. Um, And so those kind of people, these incredible women, there's like a huge community of us who meet on a regular basis or share like a little text, you know, every once in a while to just uplift one another. Mm -hmm. That's been key and instrumental in my growth as a human being, Mm -hmm. not just as a community person. I think that there are so many people, and I definitely used to be one of these people, but I know a younger generation sometimes feels a little disconnected from their community, and they want to get involved, but they're not really sure how to do that or how to connect to the right people. What advice would you have for somebody who wants to make change but isn't 100% sure how to start that journey? Be observant and find out who is doing the work on the ground. It will not be the flashy people with lots and lots of cash who um, can afford huge buildings and all of the. It's not going to be them. It's going to be people who are sitting on porches and watching the neighborhood children while young mothers get to go to work free of charge. 
It's going to be the people who are growing food in our neighborhoods and communities. It's going to be people who um, gather people, who bring people together just to learn more from one another. It's going to be people who make meals and say, come on over. Mm-hmm. And as you lean into those spaces and pay close attention, you'll start to see some of the same names pop up again and again. But you'll also start to see how they, those names, have also created space for other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. So they're reproducing themselves all over the community in um, ways that are change-making. So they're inspiring people to do it in their own way. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say, what's your passion? I know it's a loaded question for some people. When I meet people, I don't ask them what they do for a living because mm-hmm. often what you do for a living is not your passion. Right. And so it's a little... Um, disarming for people, but I ask, what's your passion? Mm. Um, Sometimes I'll say, what are you passionate about right now? And sometimes people are taken aback and like, what? Because you don't get asked that often. But if you're passionate about something or you're learning to be passionate about something, um, you start to research and it just bubbles up in you. Like it bubbles up even when you're talking about it, your Mm -hmm. eyes light up. Um, You start to put yourself in spaces where that passion is, where it resides. And when you're in in your passion, you can see who those change makers are. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that famous um, quote that Mr. Rogers' mom, Fred Rogers' mom told him, look for the helpers. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say they're not just helpers, they're empowerers. There are people who look for the most directly impacted people or who have contact with them or they themselves are most directly impacted and they're making space for others. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your passion led you to Step by Step? Absolutely. Tell Absolutely. us what Step by Step is and how you found yourself becoming the executive director of, first of all, I think Step by Step is one of the cornerstone organizations of Lexington, but I also know that some people don't really know or understand all, I mean, you all are crazy busy all the time. There's no way that everyone understands every little piece of step-by-step. So tell us who you are, what you do, and how you all got started. Thank you. Thank you for saying that about the cornerstone, because I think that's true. Um, And I would say cornerstones, in in my humble opinion, and the ways that I... Uh, envision the world are places where change is actually Mm -hmm. happening that may not be flashy, that may not be in the newspaper, that may not get the, you know, announcement. Um, And those little pockets of things are happening all over Lexington. If you just open your eyes and look for them, they are there and hope is everywhere. Hope is everywhere. Um, I um, worked for the United Way of the Bluegrass for several years. And I have to give a shout out to Timothy Johnson, who has come in and changed the game and is doing a phenomenal job (laughs) at the United Way of the Bluegrass. But I was there and it wasn't direct service for me. It was that my role was a community engagement coordinator. So I was meeting with people who wanted to volunteer and they were already donating to United Way, but they wanted to volunteer to some of the nonprofits that were getting the money. And so I would go corporately and grab those volunteers and, you know, those, those volunteer days. And every time I would go, to one of the sister agencies of Step by Step, actually, like the Nest Center for Women, Children, and Families, or um, I would go to Arbor Youth Services, um, places like that, I would just be so enamored Mm -hmm. of the change that was being made by those organizations that I, you didn't hear much about it, but every single day change was happening. And that direct service, that not just impacting the volunteers, but impacting the people. And the other part is the the people impacting you, mm-hmm. right? So we hear so much about, oh, go and help and go and do for these people, right? But they have the answers to their own problems and conundrums, and they just need the resources to do what they need mm-hmm. to do. And um, so I, I see it that way as like, as I moved into this space of, Um, helping people find their passion and where to volunteer, I started getting even more passionate about direct service. So Mm -hmm. where can I be of service? And a friend um, who I'd known for a little bit, Lisa A. Brown, thank you, Lisa. She's one of uh, my writing partners now. Um, She sent me an email out of the blue and said, this organization's hiring, and I think you'd be a perfect fit. I didn't know what step-by-step was. Mm -hmm. had no idea. And uh, had several interviews before I got the job. But uh, so we are a, a nonprofit that's been around for 27 years in Lexington, and we serve young single mothers ages 12 
to 24. Mm. And when I say 12, there's usually a little bit of, of shock with people. But there have been in Lexington, Kentucky, younger mothers than that. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them in our program, but we have seen 12-year-olds. We have a 13-year-old in our program right now. Mm-hmm. So they are very young mothers. Now, I am a mom. I am 47, and I still consider myself fly and young, yes. okay? But when I say <laughs> young moms, I'm talking about young moms, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And so we um, get to, they allow us to walk alongside them in their lives and provide resources, provide support. Sometimes it's cheerleading um, and to be there with them to help move barriers out of their way for their success, whatever they think success looks like, not us. And that's really important. Mm -hmm. What success for them is not maybe what success for you might be, what you might think, it's what they want. And so we've been really intentional over the last several years to center their voices. So we have an advisory team of moms who tell us that program didn't like it don't Mm want to see it back (laughs) or i like this about the program can we tweak this and their voices really matter we've taught them how to do swot analysis so (laughs) they'll look at a program and say ah that's a threat um you know so they're really great about giving that input and my goal is for them to take our jobs Mm -hmm. to work us out of a job so um we have four main tenets to our program And the first one that most people have heard about is Revive Nights. Those happen every single Thursday night. We drive all over Lexington with the help of some incredible volunteers, pick up moms and kids, and bring them to the place where we do this programming. And so um, the programming is kids have their own programming, so moms get a break. Amen. But kids get to have fun, Mm -hmm. right? For two hours, moms don't have to worry about where their (laughs) children are. Um, And they just get to be young women, right? Um, And then we uh, have a hot meal. And so there's really no, like, we try to remove barriers, right? Right. So transportation is a barrier. Child care is a barrier. Rushing to have that meal planned before you Mm -hmm. go out in the evening is a barrier. So we got rid of all those barriers. And um, in the before times... (laughs) As, as I'm calling them now. Uh-huh. Um, we used to have 40 to 50 moms that would come every Thursday night. And so now we're rebuilding now that mm-hmm. we're, we're we actually just started back in person um, oh, last month. And so we're rebuilding. And so now we don't allow everybody to come all at once. We're still social distancing. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can only come twice a month. So they're either on A team or B team. So A team comes every other week and B team comes on those other days. And so it's this incredible time of community. Mm-hmm. And we have lost that and we lament that. Like, of course, when we were, you know, quarantined, we had pods, right? And that we started to rebuild that. You saw kids outside on their bikes and not looking at tablets and you Mm. saw all of that. In this space, it's this space of like, let's just talk and be supportive to one another. So we cultivate space for them to do that. And it's beautiful to watch it happen every single time. We also do a couple of life skill things, but that space Revive nights are really about them having an opportunity to breathe and um, to learn from one another. They are the answers to their problems in a lot of cases. Ethically, I can't babysit their children, but if I've got a mom on first shift and a mom on third shift and they're able to help each other, like, right, so they can sit down and talk about that. So that's uh, Revive Nights. Then we have a a mentor program where women from our community um, are trained to come in for a year and meet with moms on an individual basis with their children oftentimes. So for an hour a week, they bake cookies, they go to the mall, they go for walks, they meet up for coffee, whatever, that there's another supportive person in their lives that they can share life with. The third part is our case management. And so people are probably familiar with that because about 25% of our moms are referred to us by DCBS and judges. So for those of you who don't know DCBS, it's our CPS. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they are referred to us that so they themselves are in foster care with their babies mm. or they are um, there's an open case and they're in danger maybe of losing their children or there's something going on in the house that needs to have some supervisory um, capacity, or they've, uh, they're about to have their rights terminated. And so they contact us to be a support and wrap around. And in those uh, situations, those are usually kind of crisis care. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a case plan that the state is having them work and we're helping them with that case plan. 
Um, but the case management also looks like going to sit down with them at their house and finding out what's going on in their lives and mm-hmm. just being that supportive person. And we have something that's called Dare to Dream, and they set goals and they reach their goals. Mm-hmm. So we just move those barriers. So it could be I want to go to school. So maybe no one's ever taught them how to f- complete the FAFSA. So right. we can do that. Or um, we have some moms who are like, I want to uh, make sure that my child is prepared for school. So we have resources for that, right? We have a literacy program, all kinds of things to be able to serve them mm-hmm. in that capacity. Case management also looks like going to court with them. It looks like the time that I had to sneak a girl out of the back of a hospital because her abuser was in the front and she wanted to finally leave. It was That was the last straw for her. And he was at the front talking to the police, and she wanted to slip out the back. So we took her home, mm-hmm. got her stuff, moved her somewhere else. So those kind of things are um, the kind of, when we talk about case management, that's also referrals to some of our partners, as I mentioned before, Arbor Youth Services, and S Center for Women, Children, and Families, so many others. We partner with 150 nonprofits mm-hmm. to make things work. Mm-hmm. And then the final part is um, called Level Up. And our Level Up program is Tuesday nights. We offer classes to moms that want to have some life skills and they want to go deep. So the one that we're working on right now is financial literacy. It's called Step Into Freedom. Mm. And the moms, uh, we meet for nine weeks and learn all the things that you think that you need to know. How do you balance a checkbook or balance your budget? Because right. people don't often use checkbooks anymore. But how do you how do you balance? <laughs> right. But also we talk, it's trauma-informed. We talk about trauma. So what is it like to move 15 times before you're in third grade? And how does that affect the way you spend money? Mm-hmm. Um, what have you seen? We've had moms whose parents put the light bill in their name when they were kids. They didn't know it. They go get their first apartment, and they are not allowed to have electricity, right? right? So how And come, overcoming those kinds of things. And so we talk about that, and then they get to practice what they learned. There's lots of financial literacy programs that are great out there. Ours is the best. Um, And I'll say that because we then set them up with an account, an individual development account. They put money in it. We match those dollars Mm. up to three to one. Mm. And so that is helping them to save for a specific goal, but it's also helping them to practice those skills of saving and being able to reach and make a win. Right. But we'll also be doing parenting classes and on those Tuesday nights and that level up. Uh, we'll also be doing eventually um, Love Notes, which is a um, reduction in domestic violence and second pregnancies. It's a program that does that. So those are our four main programs, but we do a whole lot. That's you step do by a step. whole lot, yes. And we have uh, five staff members. And we serve about, last year we served 300, over 300 people. I don't even know how... How to ask, but how do you do that? Like, there's you have a literal handful of people, and it's like you're changing the lives of up to 300 women. How are you all pulling this off? And what do you need right now to even expand that further? How do you need help growing? Yeah, that oh, I love that question about growth. So, we're in that space right now. Um, we're talking about elevating. That's our word for the Mm. year. We are elevating. And so, uh, yeah, I'll definitely get into that. But the way that we do it is uh, we have a really dedicated team of professional and compassionate people Mm -hmm. who um, it's their life. They're they're walking in their passion by working at Step by Step. And they believe that wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm walking in my passion. Um, We also have some of the most dedicated volunteers. I don't know very many other nonprofits that during this time of quarantine and not meeting and all of that, that have kept their core, but we lost five of our volunteers out of hundreds. Mm. So to know that people are so invested that they want to volunteer their time because they care about this and it matters, that's how we get it done. we rely on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, our volunteer team becomes like family to us as well. Mm-hmm. So we our whole trajectory is that we pour into the moms, but we also pour into our volunteers. Right. We not only make sure that they're trained, we talk about this culture that we have of rest and this culture that we have of, um, I don't call it self-care, I call it communal care. Mm-hmm. Because self-care puts a lot on you to figure out. And a lot of people will say, oh, it's about like going to get my nails done every once in a while or having a me day. And that's not self-care. 
That is taking a reprieve from your busy life. Right. Communal care is checking in, looking at your your folks and saying, listen, you need a day off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I can tell. You just you need to go home. Um, it is making sure that they do not have to recover from their lives. So what can we do in the office and, and f- with our volunteers to make sure that they feel rested, refreshed, and supported? Mm-hmm. So we do communal care. Um, so the the leveling up and the elevating um, it was such a good – I love the way that you brought that in because we want to expand well. And so for 27 years, we've done this thing, mm-hmm. right? I think we're pretty good at it. Yeah. You know, I know say. how to do it. You know? yeah. um, we have not just moms from Lexington, but moms, if they have transportation, they're from surrounding areas. So we've got moms from Jessamine County and from Scott County. And we've got um, folks from Madison County that are able to drive in. So we're serving a lot of different people. But we get asked on a regular basis, my friends in eastern Kentucky, particularly my friends in Hazard, Tanya, when are you bringing step-by-step to Hazard? Right. And so that is the, the direction that we want to go. Who else needs this? It mm-hmm. doesn't just need to happen in Fayette County. What we do actually works. And um, we want to make sure that other people have access to that as well. So that is, you know, as we scale up, we scale up very slow. We do some studies to see, is this the right next move? We engage the moms we engage our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Where do you see us going? It's not just us. If we're about community, then we involve the community in what we do. Right. And so that's how we are uh, looking at elevating and scaling up. This what's next for us mm-hmm. is uh, I'd love to be able to hire moms. This year we actually hired a mom. Yay. Uh, she had been in Step by Step in our um, Echoin's Resound Leadership Development Program. Our moms uh, that graduate our program can be in that program. It's two years, mm-hmm. and it's real dedication. And they learn to run our program. And so right. the moms are running our Thursday nights, and it's amazing to watch. And so she went through that program, and she graduated from the University of Kentucky with her social work degree. And now she is on our staff full time. Hey. And she is uh, working on her master's right now That's as well. Fantastic. So I want to hire more moms. They, I want them to have living wages. I want these moms who especially have that leadership development who really want to do this for a living. We have, there is no shortage of young moms. I mean, we said 300, we reached 300 people, right? But there's more. We've not reached everyone, right? But we have limited capacity. Mm -hmm. And so we want to expand that capacity. What are some ways that community members who might be listening right now can take a step forward and say, I want to help you expand that capacity. I, you know, I want to be on the team. How can people do that? There's this little thing that you might have heard about called mm. good giving. Mm. <laughs> this Tell thing me more. That's happening in November. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that is one of our biggest fundraisers. It accounts for about 15% of our overall budget, um, that fundraiser. And so getting the word out, supporting. There's a lot of good and amazing nonprofits that are in Lexington that are going to be a part of that. Spread it around. Mm-hmm. So, so you can support us in that way, definitely financially to support us. We have a program right now. It's called um, the December 26th Project. Mm. So we have been doing a Christmas store for years for our moms. They really care about their kids having a nice Christmas. And it's not something that they can often give. So we had an incentive program where we can give them gifts. When we started, barely anybody else was doing that kind of program. Now there are several organizations doing it. And we do not believe in duplicating services. Right. So um, talked to some of the moms, and they were like, yeah, we can go to this place or that place. What we really need is what happens after Christmas. Mm. December 26th, the kids have opened their gifts, and they smiled, and they had a blast. Right. We had that great meal, right? Now here we are on December 26th, and our lives are still our lives. Mm -hmm. So the December 26th project supports moms for a year. Our goal is to sponsor 100 moms. Mm. It's $150 for a year to sponsor a mother mm-hmm. um, for full programming and case management and all of that with step-by-step. So um, that is another way people could help. But volunteering, you want to hold some babies? I do. Come hold some babies. <laughs> you want to get on the floor and play with some toddlers yes. and run around and laugh? You know, the University of Kentucky students that come and volunteer tell us that it is their stress relief to come yeah. on Tuesday and Thursday nights and hang out with these kiddos. So come on. Want to drive a van? Come drive a van. You don't need a CDL. It's a 13-passenger van. Um, come drive the van. When we're driving, so I drive a van too. These young women 
are an open book when you are driving mm. down the road. Mm-hmm. They will tell you their whole entire lives. So if you want to be impactful and really hear about their lives and get to know them, driving a van is one of the best ways that right. you can get to know these young women. Mm-hmm. So we have space for that. Um, and really learning about advocacy. We've gotten into advocacy and is another way that we've elevated this year. Mm-hmm. We've partnered with um, Kentucky Equal Justice Center. And our moms are now speaking to attorneys that handle SNAP cases. So these cases where moms are getting assistance, this is the food stamp program Mm -hmm. that folks have heard of, supplemental assistance. Um, There are cases for people who have maybe not used it well or have not known how to use it. And attorneys at Legal Aid are getting these calls about, oh, I've gotten this letter about SNAP and something's happening. And they're not really, they don't have a lot of knowledge about what a life is like for somebody who receives these benefits. Mm -hmm. So our moms are actually um, doing a seminar where attorneys are getting CLE credits to hear our moms tell their stories. And so they are involved in advocacy in that way and say, my voice matters. I work two jobs and I still need help. Mm -hmm. And while I need help, I need you to see me as a human being. And so these moms are leading a workshop. And we're very excited about that. So if you have places where moms can come and talk, you want to learn about what's going on in the community that we need to know, we're here for that. We're here to educate and to share. Mm. These are This is our community. And um, part of our vision is for moms to feel as if they belong in Lexington, to really feel they belong. And they can tell you there are places they don't feel like they belong here. Right. We can change that. Mm-hmm. Now, even though I know a lot about step-by-step, or I feel like I know a lot about step-by-step, I did have a really big misconception before we met was that you all are Mm faith-centered. And in my brain, that said that anyone who participates in these programs also have to believe the same faith or they have to believe a certain way. But that is not the case with you all? No, there are two common misconceptions about us. Mm-hmm. That is the first one, that moms have to share our faith tradition of Christianity. So yep. we are a Christian organization. We started in that vein. And the other one is that we don't have a place for men to volunteer. Those right. are both false. Um, so moms that come into our program, that's one of the things that we ask and in intake, whether or not faith is important to them. If it is not important to them or they don't want to hear anything about it, that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, But for moms who do, it really has been, and there are studies that show this, that it really has been a way for them to focus in on their goals and to get through the hard times. And so we want to support that. If we're going to be holistic in the ways that we support people in Mm -hmm. this community, then and if faith is important to someone, then we want to make sure that we can do that. The same where if we we have a rabbi that wants to volunteer for us, so um, and we have um, someone who drives the van for us who's Jewish, and if uh, there's a Jewish mom that comes and wants to be connected, then we would connect them to a local synagogue. If there's somebody who comes and they're maybe an atheist or they don't have a faith, right, or they don't want to talk about any of that, then what we do is continue to do what we do anyway. Right. love on them, we support them, we walk alongside them. Mm-hmm. Our motivation, part of our motivation is who we are and our faith. And my faith tells me um, that I should be out there meeting people and meeting their needs. And that's part of why I do what I do, part of my calling. Mm-hmm. But that is not a requirement for coming to Step by Step. And in fact, it's, it's interesting because we have seen other places who have pushed things on people. And we that's unethical to us to push right. our faith on somebody who doesn't want it. And so or to penalize them in some way, like withholding affection or we've seen that these are really toxic ways of being mm-hmm. um, where people feel like if I don't succumb to whatever, I'm not going to be able to you know, be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Or we've seen sometimes people, if they come hungry and they want a meal, well, you got to listen to a sermon before you can eat. Like those are not things that are um, uplifting, Mm -hmm. and those are not things that bring dignity. And so for us, always first, we want to make sure that shame is not a part of anything that we do, um, and that people get to walk in in all of their identities and whoever they are and be accepted exactly as they are without us trying to push them into something they don't want to be pushed into. Mm. I I do have a question that might be considered a little touchy, and if you want me to stop recording? I can do that. I'm genuinely just curious. It's a pretty scary time to be 
a woman, Mm -hmm. particularly a woman of color in the United States, in this state, are you having conversations about, you know, where we are right now as a sisterhood inside of Step by Step? And are you scared? And Mm. how are you... How are you? <laughs> That's actually a really good question. So and taking into that, that, remember when I talked about like systemically, yeah. there's a lot that goes on that I did not know until I got educated by some incredible people in community and then started doing my own research and listening to really great people. Um, and so one of the things that people don't actually realize is the people that were hardest hit by the pandemic mm-hmm. are first children because we lost a whole generation of parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also single mothers, the most affected, mm-hmm. still affected and still unable to crawl out of the hole in a lot of ways. And as we move into recession, as we move into, you know, you can ask any group of people who um, serve people who maybe they're experiencing poverty or experiencing being unhomed or things like that, it's getting harder. Mm-hmm. You know, um, things are more expensive, those kind of things. So I take that into this whole entire conversation about where women are in the society, where women are in America, what's going on in America. And I get a lot of questions from people. How are you handling things? And the answer is the same way we've always handled them. Mm -hmm. Because we've always been about women, children, and families. We've always been about what if, if a mom wants to talk about anything that's happening that's political or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We've partnered with Civic Lex before. So, you know, there's ways that they can get involved and address issues that they specifically care about. Mm -hmm. But for us, we're going to love. We're going to point in the direction of services. We're going to meet whatever need comes at us. And so that's how we look at it. If moms want to talk about it, if they want to talk about, well, as a woman, this is really hard for me. Yeah, data is showing that. So that's not something that's up for debate. Data is showing that women were hit the hardest, particularly single women uh, or single mothers. And so um, that has always been our stance is there will probably be more moms coming to us and we will continue to meet that need. And be it whatever's going on in the country, be it whatever's going on with money and finances, whatever, whoever's in office does not matter to us Mm -hmm. because we're still going to do what we do. And that is serve and walk alongside these young moms and their children and be whatever it is that they need us to be. Now is time for BGCF Fast Facts, which is where I'm going to give you a question and without thinking too deep about it, you're going to give me the first thing that pops up. Are you ready? I think I am. Okay. This is, like, how fast is fast facts? It doesn't, it's really more of like a a light stroll fact. Okay. Okay. I'm a light stroll factor. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. What are you reading right now? That's easy. I'm always reading, like, five books at once. (laughs) Um, The Gatherings is a book that I'm reading right now. If you've not heard of it, uh, talk about obsessed. I'm obsessed. Um, 30 years ago, um, some indigenous folks that were in Maine and Canada and some people who are not indigenous got started getting together and meeting regularly for long weekends to have these conversations about settlers and about colonialism and colonization and the real issues that were affecting them. Mm. And this book talks about that, but then also goes into now it's 30 years later, where are they now? And and as they're reflecting. And it's really about building community. When I talk about even step by step, this is one of the reasons I'm reading it, sitting around the table with people who are vastly different from you. You might have one or two things in common, but I mean, we're human, right? Um, but right. Vastly different from you and trying to come up with solutions, but also to hear one another first before you even get to that. Oftentimes we try to jump to solutions and fix things without like figuring out before that what people really need and what the stories really are. So I'm so intrigued by this book and it's just beautiful. Um, I am also reading, well, as a staff, we're reading this book called The Soul of Shame. Mm. So many, so many of us are walking around in shame. 
guilt and shame from things that happened to us, things we did. And that shame affects how we react to one another and how we react to situations. And we see it all the time at Step by Step. So we want to know what are the ways that we can address that shame and help people to address that shame so that they can move forward with their lives. Mm-hmm. So that has been, that's really huge. Um, every morning I read an Afrolachian poet. So Crystal Wilkinson is on my mind right now. Um, just brilliant. Or Frank X. Walker or, you know, just a number of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a poem a day because that just puts me in the place of there are other people who paved the way. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm really into that. So poetry and reading just about, yeah, I'm just a, obsessed is a good word yes. for, uh-huh. for thinking about how we gather and how we are together. Right. Such a good little sprinkle yeah. of things. That wasn't really fast, was it? No. Sorry. Listen, it's a scroll walk, <laughs> fast facts session. It's fine. It's a very slow game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching right now? Oh, my goodness. Um, so the new Lord of the Rings series, I, for those of you who do not, many of you know me, I am a blurred. I mm. am a black nerd. Mm-hmm. I am a geek. Um, I love Doctor Who. It's my favorite show in the world. Um, Who's your favorite doctor? Um, number 10, David Tennant. There yep. is no other. Okay. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> Matt Smith is like a close second. <laughs> He's fine. Number 11. Um, but like I just love the fantasy world. And part of it, too, is like, well, I can get with, with another book I'm reading. Part of it is this emergent strategy, Adrienne Marie Brown. I read a lot of her stuff. And it's all about like, like, what can a future be built like? This is why I love science fiction, because anything is possible. Yep. And so anything is possible. If I'm watching this, I'm also thinking anything is possible in this world mm-hmm. for us to build this kind of multicultural, beautiful, understanding one another space. And then, you know, there's always Sauron. So Right. Are you into the the Game of Thrones House of Dragon world? Or no. are we yeah. I know Matt mm-hmm. Smith is, is on that show and I love Matt Smith, but I just have not been it's very gory and yes. I that's a little much for me. It's a lot. Um so I can't really handle that. If I'm gonna turn away squeamishly it's not for me. Then I'm not interested. It's yeah, not for me. I get it. What are you listening to right now? Too many things. <laughs> so many podcasts. I just mentioned Adrian Marie Brown's Emergent Strategy. Um, that's a great podcast that I listen to quite a bit. Um, I am listening to this song called 1612 mm. on repeat. It's like this funky, I forget the name of the band, but it's a very funk, but modern funk. And I, um, anytime I do, like I'm a facilitator as well, anytime I do facilitation, that is on the playlist. Like oh, everyone must it. listen to this 1612 song. Go look it up. It's on my Spotify. It is delightful. And it makes me smile oh. like every time. And I love funk music. That's so. all we need. Yeah. What are you eating right now? Oh, my gosh. Last night we went to our favorite Indian restaurant in town. But I got to give a shout out to Tuk Tuk. Um, I love Samantha Four and all of her food and wonderfulness. And then Crank and Boom, um, mm. listen, Tao and Mike, they can do no wrong in the ice cream biz. And I love them. And so um, they also um, are doing some small batches for Step by Step. So mm. y'all buy all the ice creams yes. from the Crank and Booms. Yeah. Uh, love everything that they put into that. I just want to be a taste tester. Tao's not asked me. But, but I'm available. I'm literally available. Any day, any time. Totes available. So I'm buying the small batch mm-hmm. pints. Um, mm-hmm. All of them. <laughs> they have the banana pudding ice cream. I can't. And when I tell you, the, honestly, my eyes started to tear up the first time I took a bite. It was the most delicious thing I've ever had in my Everything life. Is so good. My thing that I'm obsessed with from them, too, is those cones when they're warm. Stop it. Get out of here. So, yeah, that's this is why I'm at mm. the gym again, too, because, you know. <laughs> Crank and boom. Crank and boom. <laughs> what are you most scared of? I think I have two small children, five and six. Mm. And, you know, we see this wave of violence in our country, um, particularly in schools, particularly these mass shootings, things like that. 
I will always think of my children. Like, this is not, like, unrest has always happened. This is nothing new. It's literally nothing new. And if you are not in a traditionally excluded group of people, you might not be used to this kind of level of living Mm -hmm. with the fear every day. Um, But I I think about my kids. Now now that they're in school, too, I I could drive by their school and I pray over their school and it's the whole thing. Um, But, yeah. Uh, that's that mm-hmm. is give me gives me fear. Mm-hmm. What are you most proud of? My team. Mm. My team at Step by Step literally can do no wrong. They show me the most compassion with good boundaries that I have seen. They they uh, elevate. They change the game. Mm. What, can you re- the compassion with good boundaries? Yeah. You got to have boundaries in the work that we do, like because that's part of the culture, right? That's part right. of the culture of communal care. Uh, one of the things that I said, we love these moms. Oh, my goodness. And they love us, too, and they love us well. But if somebody is calling me at midnight, it better be an emergency. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Somebody's bleeding. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> don't just call me because this is the time that you... chose so we just we have to set those good boundaries um one of the best things about our boundaries um the end of the year i just shut it down Mm. let's shut it down yep go be with your family because we work super hard and it's emotional work and it is physical and it is mental it's all the things and um yeah i love that Good boundaries. Good boundaries. You got to mm-hmm. have them. Who do you look up to? Oh, this group of women that I told you about, like Serato is one of them, uh, Carol Taylor, um, uh, Ashley Smith. Um, there's just like a Rowena Moloch. That just this group of women, Danny Rogers. Like they, we have this little text group mm-hmm. and um, Christine Stanley, who's an attorney and these women, um, and Latanya Jones, my writing partner, oh my goodness, we started this women's writing group um, called Writing What Is through the Carnegie Center, mm. and it's women of color writing together on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to noon, life-giving. Mm. Every last one of them is so generous. So these women in my life that continue to just lift me and lift each other, and I watch them in their worlds lift other people as they climb and there's never like like carol will say it's all of us it's not just like if one of us makes it we all make it right and being surrounded by those women um coach colleen if you don't know colleen (laughs) eldridge you are missing something in life like these women on a daily basis i just look up to them so much renee shaw she's she's she is grace <laughs> and love and brilliance. And so these women in my life, I am so grateful to have them as friends, as mentors, um, as people who have literally changed the game and what they do in their lives. Mm. What are you most looking forward to? Rest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have plans for rest? I do. Great. My children are obsessed with um, the great British baking <gasps> show. Yes. Me too. And the kid version as well. They like mm-hmm. them both. But the kid version is where it's at. They have um, asked, no, nay, commanded mm. that during the break, we will be baking every day. I love that. They have plans. Okay. These five and six-year-old boys, they got chef's hats. They have aprons. They have their own cutting boards and rolling pins, and they are ready. Please take photos. They are. Oh, it will happen. Oh, I can't wait. They're ready. Do they have recipes? Do they know what they're what they're looking? The things on the show. Okay. The the my my oldest, my six year old, is obsessed with a cake that one of the kids made. Mm -hmm. That's green and it's like a scary hand that has like blood coming out of it. It's like totally, but it's delicious, and we're gonna have to make the cake. Yeah. We're going to have to attempt it. Oh, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> oh. Why do you love our community? Our community is a place where you can try new things 
and fail (laughs) (laughs) and try new things again um, and learn from people who've been around the block or who are brand new at being part of this community. It is um, a space that is growing. There's like this little pocket of people who are growing in care for this community. And the pocket was very small when I moved here. Like I told you, I got here as soon as good, okay? Okay, (laughs) calm down. But since I've been here like 15 years, I see it growing and expanding. Um, There is a lot of hope in areas that you might not see because Mm. you're not there, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. Right. So I know we love our horses. We love our bourbon. Right, we love our green pastures and the land. There is more hope going on in this community than the beauty and the industry mm. that's happening. Yeah. Why do you love yourself? I am the sum of everyone who has poured into me mm-hmm. and everyone who has gone before me. And to do justice to their legacy means that I get to be authentically me. And so that's why I love myself. I love it. All those people, Mm. all those stories. Last question. Where can people find you, stay connected, stay up to date with Step by Step? Give us all of the goods. Our website is amazing. Um, It is amazing. It's beautiful. Anna Maldonado Coomer made our website, Mm. and she is delightful. Um, So... um, you can find us at www.sbslex.org. So check that out. We also are on Instagram. We're cute. At SBSLex. We, um, you can find me on Facebook. People follow me because I'm the most random person. It's so fun. Um, just Tanya Torp, if you want to friend me. Um, I'm random. And I sometimes I have soapbox moments and sometimes the most hilarious, strange things happen to me that are literally unbelievable, but I have photographic proof. Amazing. <laughs> and we've got little kids bacon coming up soon. I mean, so now's the time. Come check out the photos. <laughs> it's delightful. I also, for consulting purposes, I have my own website, which is tanyatorp.com. Mm. Tanya, thank you so much for being here. I am so in love with you. I told my partner the last time that we met, I called him crying from my car and I was like, I don't know what it is about her, but she just makes me really emotional. And I just think that the light that you bring to the world and this community is invaluable. And I just appreciate you so much. I'm so grateful. And you brought me coffee when I came, when you came to the office. Shout out Chocolate Holler. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Chocolate Holler. You know, I love y'all. I love you, Sal. Shout out to Sal. Shout out to Sal. I love Sal. Oh, my gosh. What a man. Well, come back and visit us sometime soon, please. And I will. we love you. And we will see you at the Good Giving Challenge. Good giving, y'all. <laughs> step by step. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex. Or you can listen to us anytime on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY or visit us on our website at BGCF.org to stay updated on all the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LPFM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.